0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent, documentary, and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In India, a group of boys dreaming of becoming chess masters, driven by a man with a vision. But this is no ordinary chess And these are no ordinary players. Algorithm is a documentary on the thriving but little-known world of blind chess in India. Filmed over three years, Algorithm travels with three talented boys and a totally blind player turned pioneer to competitive and national and world championships and visits in their home milieu where they reveal their struggles, anxieties, and hopes. We are joined today by the director of Algorithms, that would be filmmaker Ian MacDonald. Ian is a sociologist and a documentary filmmaker at developing a center for film practice at Newcastle University, as well as the director of this wonderful film, Algorithms. Ian, welcome to Film School.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Um, I guess the first question is, really, where did uh, this idea, or where did you find out about um, the blind players' chess players in Mm. India, and what prompted you to want to do a documentary about them?
1: Yeah, um, well, quite by chance, really. I was in India in 2006, just finishing a short documentary about uh, an Indian martial art. Um, And at that time, I came across a newspaper report, a small newspaper report, about a chess tournament for blind children. And that just sort of got me curious, I suppose, and and uh, I cut out that newspaper report and kept put it in my wallet, and it kind of stayed there for about two years. I wasn't able to sort of follow it up, but it was an idea that really wouldn't leave me. And um, my the producer on the sh- on the short film who was with me at the time, and uh, it's my my wife, mm. so we kind of worked together a lot. She, after some time, she said, look give me that report, you keep talking about it, yet you're not doing anything about it, so give it to me, I'll look after it, and we'll see if we can explore this idea further. So we went back in 2008 and did some more research and came across um, Charu Datta Jadav, who's the General Secretary of the All India Chess Federation for the Blind, and he said, well, come along to the National Team Chess Tournament, um, Blind Chess Tournament in Mumbai, and there we went along and and found literally hundreds of, of blind and partially sighted players um, playing chess. So that initial curiosity just turned to amazement, and um, I was astonished by what I saw. And, and when I asked around, there was, it, very few people had heard of this. I mean, mm-hmm. m- my wife Gita hadn't heard of Chess for the Blind in India, and indeed chess players hadn't heard of uh, blind players playing chess. And this is in India, where, where chess is you know, almost like a, you know, a, a mass sport, so for me, this was, that, that then the decision was made. You know, here was a community, a thriving but hidden community, um, which was um, full of possibilities from a, from a documentary point of view. It was a world that waiting to be discovered. Um, and, you know, and it, it was just also visually, from a filmmaker's point of view, kind of so interesting yeah. about the idea of filming blind people and, um, and that community. So that's where it started.
0: Now, what I what I truly appreciated about uh, algorithms at the beginning, you kind of show us sort of the logistics <clears throat> logistics of how this works, how they're able to um, find their way around the board. I thought that was a, a great place for us to start because that's a natural to me. That's a natural question how how are they able to uh, you know affect uh, mm. their moves and understand what's going on on um, their the moves their opponents are making. But yeah. it, but it. I guess stepping back just a um, one step. What moving forward? How did you decide who to follow, and did you get direction from Chaturdada uh, on that, or how did that how did that work?
1: Um, what happened was that tournament that we went to. This was in January two thousand and nine, okay. um, which was a, 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 a kind of a, a national tournament um for players of all ages but we decided from the beginning that we wanted to focus on the younger players um because the younger players are still learning the game and when they're learning the game that means that their fingers are much more uh, active over the board um so visually it was just much more interesting to to film and there was much more activity going on so we knew we wanted to to focus on the younger players um And we just found, I mean, when we went to that, we identified maybe four or five youngsters that we thought might be possible. But in the end, we decided to focus on the three most promising Mm -hmm. um, players, juniors. Um, And it just so happened that they were, they kind of represent, they came from different parts of India. Mm -hmm. One boy from Chennai, Sai Krishna, the 12-year-old, who was very much the kind of, um, the up and coming star of, of blind chess um, and he 's partially sighted uh, he 's got a condition that means he 's going blind, but he, he still has sight. Um, then we found uh, Durpan who is who at that time and still is the kind of top junior player uh, he 's from Baroda, which is in the north of india and he 's totally blind and has been blind since the age of three um, and has no visual memory. Um, and we found Anant, who was the oldest of the three boys, at 16 at that time, um, from Bhubaneswar, which is in the east of, of India. And he had just picked up the game and just started playing and was um, seen as a prodigious new talent that um, could go far. Uh, and he's totally blind, but he went blind fairly recently. So he has visual memory. Interesting. So we had these three boys who were the top juniors, each with different levels of blindness, each from a different part of India, uh, and actually each from a different socioeconomic uh, background. Um, Anant being from a very poor background to Sai Krishna being from a more kind of lower, in Indian terms, a lower middle class background. And then Durpan, who is quite comfortably middle class. So okay. um, that's how we found them. And actually Charu Dutta had no role in that. And he didn't, he was happy for us to just, just kind of to find our own characters. Um, so um, he didn't steer us towards them. But they kind of, I think... Uh, kind of almost naturally offered themselves as the three boys that we would want to follow.
0: Well, and there are beautiful examples. I mean, of of just the range of people you're talking about. It really is quite striking to uh, to watch all of them. They very different personalities. They distinguish themselves in the in their style of play, their the interaction yeah. with others. It, it really it feels like you're getting um, some very interesting uh, characters uh, and people that you invest in. You uh, you really do invest mm-hmm. in watching them. Uh, in their lives as well as the way that they play chess. So I, I, it's really a fascinating approach.
1: Just on the the, the point, I mean, I mean, I'm really pleased that you picked up on the opening of the film um, as kind of uh, revealing the the kind of, you know, how they play. Because one of the things that we were often asked during the shoot is, you are going to explain how they play, aren't you? Or you're going to have some reference to, you know, how they actually uh, play play the game. And we decided very early on that this would not be that that kind of documentary which one often sees, where you get um, explanations of everything that's happening in front of your eyes, um, where the audience is kind of spoon-fed information all the way through. So we, we knew that we wanted the audience to be drawn into the, the film. Be, what we wanted them was to be drawn into the film and to go on a process of self-discovery almost, and to find out for themselves the questions, the answers to the questions that they had. So, you know, an obvious question is, well, how do they play? And there it is. It's not declared, but you just see it for yourself and you work it out for yourself. The fingers moving over the pieces and you can see the black pieces have a small pin on them. Mm-hmm. So they distinguish from the white pieces and the black squares are slightly raised so you, they can feel their way around the board and the, and the squares have little holes in them so they can pick up the pieces and slot them in but no one needs to tell you you can just see that you're observing and you're observing um you know um, how it you it's unfolding before you so and that's what characterized our our approach really to making this film was to try not to try and explain everything but literally to pick up the audience and sort of drop them into this world into this community and and to feel, for the audience to feel their way around and to work out what's going on, um, and that kind of speaks to, you know, notions of seeing a sight and of navigation, which is, you know, a, a clear theme, in some ways, in the film.
0: Yeah. Now so uh,
1: that's you know, it was a very deliberate opening in that way. But, Plus, also, just the chess pieces themselves are aesthetically very beautiful. Um, you know, there are the characters in their own right. So you know it was it was kind of interesting to film the chess pieces themselves.
0: Yeah, and you do you zoom in quite close on the board and as you said, the sort of the visuals of these kids often hunched over the board, you know feeling where these pieces are. Um, and I don't know, but I assume and especially for someone like uh, Anand or Darpan, who was total, who was basically totally blind. Yeah. Um, then, how much of this is sort of the mental, just seeing the board, visualizing the board in their own minds, and being able to correctly make the see what they see and correctly then make the right move. Uh, that is really a fascinating part of this, as well, to me.
1: You see, I think there's something also about. I mean, what the boys do uh, is play through touch, and um, and once they've kind of felt the pieces on the board. Then obviously they are thinking in their minds and calculating in their minds, and and um, the problem is you can't say visualising um, the board mm-hmm. one move, two move, three moves ahead because um, who knows what, how and what they're thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's 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 I mean it's very I mean it's, there's no language to describe actually how they are thinking in their minds. He can't talk, for example, to Durpan about color, about, you know, about shape, because he has no reference uh, for them. Um, so even though he will use those language, that, that, that language, because that's, he has to, in order to communicate, he, we, if we were to ask him, you know, is, is your world dark? Is it dark in, you know, is all that you see is darkness? He, he would say, well, what do you mean by darkness? Define darkness. And, of course, you can't, because you can only define darkness in contrast to lightness. Mm. And he, so we don't really know, but what we do know is that they are calculating, they are analysing, and they have this amazing uh, ability to to retain information. And again, necessarily so, because in the real world, they have to. I mean, when you know we write things down or we kind of um, put things on a computer, they have to memorise everything in real life. And you know, it's, I had many disconcerting moments of asking them a question or saying something to them and they would say well you asked me that six months ago why are you repeating the same question (laughs) because they would retain all this information because that's the way in which they could get by in the world and that lent actually lends itself to to playing chess because chess is a game really of, of of course of calculation but also of memorizing strategies of moves and and that's why these boys when they take to chess can progress very very rapidly um and something that Charu said really brought this to mind. Um, he said, "Look, listen, chess is a mind game. Um, you can Once you feel your, the, the pieces on the board, then the second move in, you may be able to visualize. Third move in, it's very difficult to visualize. Four, four moves in, then you cannot visualize what's on the board. Then you're playing the game in your mind. Then you are blind. So four moves in, we are all blind. And when he said this, it kind of, my, literally, this, the, the hairs in the back of my neck kind of went up. It was such a profound statement to me. I mean, it was true of chess, of course, because it means that chess is actually a blind person's game. Even the top players play it blind because they're playing four or five moves ahead. But it's also true of life. It's true of life that we don't know, you know, um, where we will be three or four, five, five moves in. I mean, sociologically speaking, we don't know what's going to happen because we can't control all the different variables. So actually, what it means to see, the difference between eyesight, see in the immediate, and foresight, the ability to see beyond, the difference between sight and vision, all of these themes begin to bubble up, or they bubbled up for me as kind of quite philosophical uh, reflections about the nature of being in the world. Um, So there was something quite philosophically profound, I think, about blindness and chess, and you asked me at the beginning what kind of attracted me to it. Well, this didn't attract me to it, but it kind of kept me in there and drew me in, and which is why I kind of, one of the reasons we stayed with it for three years, because the different layers of meaning were were gradually being revealed, Um, and this wasn't simply an ethnographic um, investigation into a particular community that wasn't that well known. It was also a kind of mediation on the nature of being, um, uh, some reflections about the difference between eyesight and foresight. Um, And it profoundly changed my understanding, actually, of disability, that blindness was not really a lack, but it was just a different way of being in the world. Um, So there was, you know, and it seems strange now that I'm talking like this, that a simple game of chess can suddenly provoke um, or prompt so these these other considerations. But that's, that's really, you know, that is the case. That's what happened.
0: That's amazing. Um, the, the, we're speaking with Ian uh, McDonald. He is the director, uh, also camera operator, editor uh, on the film Algorithms. By the way, the film has won a number of awards. Uh, what struck me about the film, and, it, and I saw that it was uh, awarded for this, was the editing. Uh, this is film school after all, so let's talk a little bit of technical part. The The, the editing is just superb. Uh, in 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 uh, algorithms, um, it really gives pace to the film. Obviously, that's what editing is about. But uh, did you spend a, a, and you also had a collaborator, an editor as well, uh, Ajit Kumar, yes. Ajit Kumar. Thank you. What was that process like? How much did you shoot? How much film did we shoot over the course yeah, of three years? Well, you
1: can imagine uh, over three years, four countries. Um, okay. I lost count of the number of towns and cities. That we've visited on multiple occasions in India, but we generated in the end around about two hundred and fifty hours of footage so yes that was that was um, a, a kind of mammoth task to first of all just to keep on top of that to log it um, and to cate- categorize it. We spent about sixteen months editing the film. Um, the process of just the problem is this: that I, I as you shoot, I mean, one um, you you are logging the, the footage, and you are looking at scenes, and you're constructing uh, sequences as you go along. Um, but you know, the story changes, and the emphasis changes, and, and what you think of it develops. And what we found was that by the end of the shoot, we we just felt we had no alternative but to go back to the very the very first shoot three years previous and start all over again, and watch everything anew. Because now we're looking at the footage in the context of a totality. Um, so stuff that we saw at the beginning, we thought, well, isn't that great? And we made um, sequence, spent a lot of time sort of constructing sequences. When you look at it from the perspective of a, of a, a whole film, yeah. you begin to question it. So we, we had no choice actually, but to go back and watch every single minute again, and, and re-log it. So that took some months. It took about six or seven months just to do that. And that was done, actually, that was done with the producer, Gita. Um, uh, We were the ones that sort of sat down and went through that. And then only once we kind of logged it and we started to um, put things on the timeline and and come up with a kind of an assembly, um, and then from that a kind of rough cut, and that rough cut, the first rough cut, was eight hours long, um, and we thought at that time, how can we possibly make this any shorter? <laughs> um, it's At that time, we brought in the fresh pair of eyes. That was Ajit Kumar, because Ajit Kumar is a uh, very experienced editor from India. And I, he, I had worked with him on previous films. Um, and so he was crucial in coming in with that fresh pair of eyes and able to sort of say, well, you know, make these very, very difficult decisions because we would be in love with particular shots or particular um, sequences. And he would be forcing us to make the, you know, the, the decision about, well, it's, it may be a great shot and it may be a great sequence, but it ain't, it's not in this film. It may, it's a different film. So right, he kept right. us kind of focused on what the narrative was um, and the pacing of the, of the film. And that got us down very quickly, I think, to about two, two or three hours. And then it was a question of chipping away and, 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 and chipping until we got down to the hundred minutes. Um, but it took sixteen months to get there. Um, uh, but yeah, and it was it was a wonderful moment when we were given the best editing award at the Mumbai International Film Festival because I'm, I'm glad that you know that was acknowledged and, and recognized and people do say yeah i mean the editing is is kind of a, a strong feature of the film it is
0: and i again i don't think i've given quite the due that i should to uh the 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 different characters upon Sri krishna anand and and Charadatta, Charadatta, yeah. yeah they because you really do flesh them out there's a there's a lot of um, just the interaction between them Understanding their their background and the time you spent with their parents, uh, their mm-hmm. guardians, just really gives you a a very uh, a full measure of them as people. And again, you know, obviously this is a film about playing chess and the and what it brings to their lives, but it's also very important. And it really it really is this one of the strengths of the film is that we we understand the context of their lives as well and mm-hmm, and mm. and see their interaction with people from around the world who are also uh, yeah. blind chess players. Really, it's a, such a great travelogue of sorts to see mm-hmm. a, an, another part of the world that we're someone like myself is rarely exposed to. And, of course, isn't that the beauty of documentary films and, and in general is that you're exposed to this world that you yeah, don't often yeah. see. But it really feels like I got to know... Um, especially at such a young age um with uh, Sai krishna it just feels it felt like a young man growing in front of uh, in front of our eyes i really felt mm. felt particularly strongly about him then congratulations on that what 's been the reaction uh in India to the film? Has it been released there
1: um it's it, we had the the world premiere of the film was in india we were very keen that um the first showing would be should be in india it's a, a film even though i'm a british filmmaker it was actually an uh, you know the producer is indian um the the composer was indian the production house is in india and i wanted to make a film that wasn't on india but kind of from india as it were uh and therefore it was important for us to show it first in india and we were very very nervous actually when we were uh, in, in the run-up to that to that premiere, it was at the International Film Festival of India. We were nervous because many many people in India, but also abroad, said that nobody would want to watch or would want to sit through a hundred-minute black and white documentary about blind chess players, where there is no narrator, no voiceover, no explanation, um, especially in India where they do not have this tradition of of watching documentaries where kind of film as entertainment is really absolutely dominant, particularly the Bollywood films. So we were very nervous in that first screening. Um, But I have to say that some of the best audiences that we've had, the best responses to the film have been in India. And that first screening was such a relief because it showed that people got it, where you trust people and um, where you allow them space to enter the film and engage with the film they get it, and so many of them came out after the theatre, after the screening, and said that was, you know, they said very many, many nice things about the film and the characters, etc. But for me, one of the most important things that they said was that after about 15, 20 minutes, they forgot that they were watching a documentary. They were just watching a film. They were just entered into this world, and, and they were kind of lost in it. Um, and that's, I guess, been the pattern in most places where we've shown it, that people have been very kind about it, have really enjoyed it. They said it's revelatory because they didn't know about this world. Um, But it also moves them and it kind of sticks in their head and they keep thinking about it and coming back to it. Um, So we've had to struggle to get this film out there because there's no... You know, it's a self-independent film. It's self-funded. There's no... um, um kind of big production house behind it so we've had to fight for the past 2 years to get it into festivals to get people to see it but and it's been the the audience that responses that's just kept us going um to the now we finally come to the USA and yeah let's see what kind of the 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 audience make of it in uh, in Los Angeles and New York but I'm um, you know there's no reason why they shouldn't they shouldn't get it there's no reason why it, you know the the, uh, we can have the same kind of in, uh, engagement with the film that we've had other, in other places. So we've, we've, um, we are going to take it back to India. Um, we're hoping to have a theatrical release and we hope we will have a, a, an official DVD release at, probably at the beginning of 2015. So it would have been a long journey. We started. I got the idea for the film in 2006. We started <laughs> shooting in 2009. We had our premiere in 2012. And if the DVD releases in 2015, you know, that's... Uh, what is that? Nine years. That's, that's not nine years. Don't, don't think too yeah. much about
0: it <laughs> since nine years. You know, that's the beauty of it. And bless the documentary filmmakers for their dedication, in you, especially in your case, it where you never know... I can't imagine a documentary filmmaker who has started a project that knew when it was going to actually be over yeah. for them. Yeah. And it is not the you know, the blockbuster uh you know, you're not in it for the money, you're in it for the love of it. And I just am so in admiration of uh filmmakers like yourself who have, who see something that they believe and it is a great story. It is a great story to tell and tell mm-hmm. it well. Um I, I just w- real quick, Chatarudatta Data. I'm sorry. sorry. Data, yes. Yeah, I, I I thought he was just amazing. I thought his yeah. warmth and his generosity and his abil- and his desire to pass along this hopeful tradition, becoming a tradition within Indian culture for these um, young mm. players, that was just wonderful. Just a wonderful mm. man to to get mm. to know. Uh, real quick, he's incredible. He yeah. was. He was an incredible <laughs> yeah. guy. I really and his, his encouragement, very you know, at stern at times when he needed to be. Yeah. Uh, told them the truth and told and also helped them uh, i just thought he was yeah. a great great character in a uh, great person um black yeah. and white what was the choice there i'm just curious um because i liked it but i just was curious why, why you went black and <laughs> yeah
1: white? um again it was probably commercial suicide we spoke to a distributor early on and he said black and white um that's it the conversation ends here <laughs> um uh, but we, we actually, the, the editing was a very difficult process, as I explained. Um, yeah. But probably the easiest editing decision was was the decision to go black and white. We, we, we shot in color because we were shooting with a video camera, so it didn't make sense to do it in black and white. But very early on, we decided, because we were interested in notions of sight and vision and not seeing, and um, we wanted something that felt intimate and immersive, yeah. uh, that it when we made it black and white, it just seemed to deliver those things so much more effectively. Um, and sometimes colour can get in the way. You know, there's, there's this ph- photographer, I think his name's Griffith, yeah. who is a famous war photographer. He did his black and white photos on Vietnam. And he wrote a very important piece, for me anyway, called The Curse of Colour, how sometimes colour can blind you to um, the, the reality of particular situations. And it just seemed to me that you know, in some ways, India is too colourful. It's a, you know, it's, a, and, and again, somebody said to me, oh, you're doing a documentary on India. Great. It's such a colourful country. It, it will look great. And I said, oh, I've made it black and white. And they, they kind of looked at me as if I was mad. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, it, it, colour just gets in the way. And I wanted to strip it back. And I wanted it to make feel a bit intimate and intense and immersive. Um, and I wanted in some ways to play with notions of seeing and sight, that, to dip almost deprived of us, the sighted, of the full ability to see. Yeah. Um, so it's not that I'm trying to render the audience kind of visually impaired in any way, but just to s- suggest notions of how sight is a, is a construction and how people see differently. And also black and white kind of gave made the images a bit more abstract, which I quite like. Yeah. Um, and, of course, chess is the colour. You know, the colour of chess is black and white. There so that go. was... I suppose the the final probably the least important <laughs> reason why you know um it was it seemed to just just fall into place really that we this was going to be a film that was black and white
0: I, and I well I would also I would offer that it makes it timeless it has a timeless feel to it yes. i there was not a whole lot in the film that would betray a certain particular time frame and uh for me uh, I really, enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy black and white a lot, and I, when I'm, and it's really a nice change of pace to see it. And when I saw your film, and I, 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 I drew, I was drawn to it. Um, Ian McDonald, thank you so much for being on Film School.
1: No problem, thank you.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films.